Welcome back to the Boneyard. I'm Doc and this is my second episode. Uh, today I wanted to talk about something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. There's a, a really big disconnect between the veteran community and those who haven't served. The song I decided to start this episode off with is uh, it's called If Not Me and it's by Craig Morgan. And it gives kind of one explanation as to why we choose to serve. So, let's ask that question. Why? So why serve something greater than yourself? In today's climate, especially, why sign that contract knowing that at any time you can go in the harm's way and be expected to do a job that, let's face it, 99% of the, the public wouldn't or couldn't or would choose not to do? Why write a blank check to this country knowing full well that the time might come where you just have to pony up and pay full price? I can only speak for myself when answering this question, but there were several reasons for me wanting to serve. Uh, like every young kid, I grew up playing with G.I. Joes as a kid. Of course, that stimulated the fascination for the military. And then in the early 70s, MASH came around. That wacky bunch from the 4077th Mobile Army Surgical Hospital, 
uh, depicted in Korea. Oh, that just fueled the fire, man. That just kind of did it for me right there. I initially wanted to go in as a helicopter pilot, uh, but due to certain eyesight restrictions, obviously, uh, that wasn't a possibility. So uh, my recruiter, a guy named uh, Stan Pincus, if I remember his name correctly, said, Hey, Joe, you ever see MASH on TV? Oh, my God, my eyes lit up. He looked at me and said, You know, Joe, you can do that very same thing. And man, let me tell you, it was love at first sight. So pretty much that kind of started my uh, my journey as a uh, U.S. Army medic. Uh, that lasted about 18 years with the culmination of the combat tour in 2004 as part of Operation Iraqi Freedom 1 and uh, the beginning of 2. So I'm going to ask this question again. Why is there such a disconnect between the veteran community and those who haven't served? Well, let's take a look at it, if you don't mind, folks. Uh, let's look at the, uh, the self-discipline. You know, we are taught in the military self-discipline. We are trained to perform in a certain manner, to solve problems in a certain manner, to work together for a collective outcome. That's called the mission, the mission and the men. Self-sacrifice is also ingrained in us as we accomplish that mission. And let's face it, folks, self-sacrifice is not in the lexicon of most who haven't served. Not to any fault of their own, they just haven't been taught that way. Alright, let's look at the indoctrination, or as what the military calls the training. Uh, they have to teach you to perform tasks in a certain way, the way they want it done. Well, let's face it, most civilians do not think that way. They're more open-minded and free-willed. Also, during the indoctrination or training process is the physical fitness requirements. Now, the military is not going to want a bunch of donut-eating crumb jockeys wearing the uniform. So what do they do? They break you down to build you up. And I guess that old adage is true. The more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in combat. And with any culture, there is the language. And let's face it, the military has a language of its own. There is an acronym for just about every possible situation. So let's see what we have now. We have a choice to serve. We have training or military indoctrination. We have a whole new language to learn. We have self-discipline. We have physical fitness. And we also have a specific skill set that allows us to defend our country when and if needed. Now let's face it. A lot of those skills don't pertain, they don't have too many applications outside the military except for maybe law enforcement. Now I do have to give the military credit. There's more jobs or military occupational specialties that do have a civilian crossover component. Uh, not just law enforcement. Uh, there's also transportation, there's uh, IT, uh, the cyber tech world, medicine obviously. Alright, so let's take a look at the soldier, sailor, airman, marine, and coastie as a whole. Okay, we have a certain philosophy, we have a certain discipline, or assertive, or direct. I wouldn't necessarily say that we're different people. However, I do certainly believe, uh, this is from personal experience, that different aspects of our personality do become dominant. And they are the ones that take over. And let's face it. Not everybody can relate to that. 
I know for me personally, uh, I've become a lot more assertive. Some may even say uh, borderline aggressive, but you know what? I guess that's just the, uh, the warrior mentality in me. So when you sign that contract and take that oath of enlistment, you become part of a brotherhood or sisterhood. Uh, most folks outside the military don't understand that, that there's a, uh, a camaraderie. Uh, basically until the day you die that you know you have brothers and sisters that have gone through some of the same shit and uh, I think uh, society as a whole just doesn't experience that on the outside it's uh, more of a uh, every man for himself mentality whereas in the military it's not every man for himself you depend on your your battle buddy so to speak for uh, for support uh, to get your ass home alive uh, if that's the case now, don't get me wrong, folks. This is not a civilian bashing episode. This is uh, this is just a discussion about you know the differences between civilians versus military, and how we could possibly bridge that gap and make people realize that hey, veterans are people too. So, how in the hell can we bridge that gap between veterans, retired military, and civilians? Hey, folks, let's make it simple. It's not rocket scientists. Open up a dialogue, ask questions, talk about your experiences. It's not hard. All you have to do is put forth the effort. Believe me, veterans have some cool stories that they would just love to tell. And also share that knowledge. Now, when would be a good time to open up that dialogue? Hey man, anytime. Any day, really. Uh, especially during Patriotic Holidays. Uh, you know, we're... We're really attuned and uh, really sensitive to those because we have served. Uh, patriotism is the hallmark and foundation of our service. Hey, I have an idea. How about just extending an acknowledgement of someone's service? Maybe you say, hey, thanks for your service. Thanks for your sacrifice. I appreciate it. Let me tell you, that goes a long way personal note here, uh, I kind of hate to admit, but I am uncomfortable when someone comes up and says, hey, thanks for your service, because I don't know quite what to say in response. Uh, I did what I did because I chose to do what I did. I mean, I didn't do it for uh, recognition or uh, medals, awards, you know, all that crap. Uh, it just was a sense of duty. But I have learned over the years to say thank you for your support. And you would be amazed at how that can start a conversation. And again, this is just my personal belief, but uh, I believe that people are genuinely curious as to what goes on in the military. Uh, especially with the, uh, the way that, that Hollywood portrays the military. Uh, you know, not everybody's a John Rambo. Sorry to say, that's a... Uh, a Hollywood fictionality there, but there is a a a genuine inquisitiveness. I I guess I would say, and you know maybe folks just don't know how to approach you about that to say, hey, uh, you know, what was it like? What did you do? Why did you do what you did? What made you sign that contract? You know, what made you want to put your life down for me so that I could enjoy the freedoms that you're upholding and defending? You might be surprised at the answer. 
So, opening up a basic dialogue, like I said, is not rocket scientist. Hell, how about just service? Wear your veteran's t-shirt when you serve somewhere. Let people know that, you know, hey, I proudly serve my country. I'm still continuing to serve, even though I may not wear the uniform anymore. Service is an ingrained trait. I honestly believe that. I think it's something you're born with, not something you acquire. And again, it's uh, a dedication to uh, selfless service, you know, uh, serving something greater than yourself. And here's a little thing I do in recognition of uh, my fellow vets I see out in public, uh, especially those that are wearing uh, service caps or, uh, or shirts. And even if I'm not wearing anything that denotes that I'm a veteran, you know, I'll walk up to them and shake their hand and say, hey, thanks for your service. Welcome home, brother. And uh, most of them, and just that recognition makes a big difference. You know, it lets them know that, hey, their service and sacrifice isn't forgotten, that somebody does appreciate it, somebody cares. And uh, that's the biggest thing is, uh, I think, and like I said personally, is uh, being forgotten. You know, once your time in service is over, your time in service is over. You know, you were part of a means to an end. Uh, you were there to get the mission done, the job done, what have you. Uh, but it's it's nice to be recognized after that fact that, you know, what you did was important and that it does matter. And that uh, you're still being supported. Now, folks, if you don't mind, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to kind of go in on a uh, little tangent here, if you don't mind. Uh... Back in the 70s, when our, uh, our Vietnam vets were coming home, uh, they came home basically to a, uh, a, uh, a shitty welcome, or lack of welcome, to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, they were, they were spit on at airports, uh, you know, they were called names, baby killer, that kind of thing. Uh, guys, I don't mean to dredge up the past. I just want to say that having grown up in that generation... Uh, I was born at the tail end of uh, 68, not long after the, the Tet Offensive. Uh, yeah, I seen the guys come home on TV. A lot of my friends, when I first went in, are Vietnam vets, or correction, were Vietnam vets. Uh, those that are still around. Uh, and it, it, it really struck a nerve with me that, that they got the treatment they had, that they had received. Uh, you know, they, they quite frankly... They didn't deserve it. They they served their country proudly with honor and distinction. Uh, they were dragged out of civilian life. They were drafted. Uh, they didn't have a choice. Now, some chose to go to Canada, but that's a topic for another discussion. Uh, <clears throat> to all my Vietnam brethren and sisters, and yes, women did serve in Vietnam, uh, a heartfelt, sincere thank you and welcome home. Your service is not something to be ashamed of. Uh, matter of fact, it's uh, it's something to be damn proud of. And again, a heartfelt thank you from the Boneyard. Hey guys, I'm going to switch gears just here for a second. Or a few seconds actually. I'm going to have a squirrel moment. Um, when I came back to the States from Iraq... My element landed at the airport at Bangor, Maine, and we were met by a wonderful group of people there as we left the jetway and came into the concourse. But I had a problem with that, folks, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, 
in that group of people, they lined up on either side of the concourse, and we had to walk through it and accept a a, a cacophony of thank yous and welcome homes and all that. And intermixed in with the with the crowd that gathered were uh, Vietnam vets and Korea War vets. And I stood back for a second and thought to myself, you know, I don't deserve a welcome home or a thank you because they didn't get one. And I had the hardest time walking through that line, receiving the pats on the backs and the shake of hands and and the genuine heartfelt thank you from these veterans. And folks, it, it broke my heart. It, it nearly, it, it cut me to my core to tell you the truth and I will spend the rest of my days thanking veterans for their service. Guys I want to make something absolutely and perfectly clear. I am not bashing or blaming those who chose not to serve or those who were not able to serve. Service is a choice whether you choose to or whether you don't. I'm fine with that. This podcast was Basically, just to throw out that question, you know, hey, what can we do as a society to better bridge the gap between those who have served and those who haven't served? And as always, I welcome your comments, your suggestions, your criticisms, uh, even negative comments. Uh, Please feel free to get in touch with me at theboneyard2021 at yahoo.com. That's theboneyard2021 at yahoo.com. Before I leave you with a uh, final thought, uh, just a note from our uh, our production staff here at the uh, Boneyard. This was actually supposed to be the second episode. However, uh, as you know, obviously, that that's already been taken by uh, another episode. So that was a typo on the production staff's uh, on side, and uh, they'll probably be uh, unemployed by now. Just kidding, folks. This is a one-man operation. I am the production staff. I'm going to close now with a, uh, a piece I've written back in uh, 2004. It's on the WordPress.com website. Uh, it's Joe's Momentary Lapse of Reason is where you can find this. And it's, uh, it's called Mementos. And it goes a little something like this. Old combat boots, once worn on my feet. Lie gathering dust. Tattered, but still recount my journeys. Tarnished dog tags still embrace my identity. Rows of ribbons from a time long past, faded beret, a symbol of what I once was, a soldier. Until next time, folks, thank you for tuning in to Doc's Boneyard. And remember, it's not the gristle, not the steak, not the fat, just the bare bones.